What is up, guys? Alex from Intercreates here. Welcome back to the Intercreates podcast. Today, I have a it's a, an episode that's more of a reminder. Today, I want to talk about not paying for ego. And what I mean by this is I see this a lot. I see this happening a lot more recently, especially in the music industry with more and more names that seem to have names or claim they are names and uh, more and more artists out there and more and more people wanting to break into the arts. And so what happens is there's a lot of producers and engineers and mixers and different technical staff and different people in the music industry's agents, marketing executives, who knows, tons of different people that they kind of uh, almost bait artists into thinking that, you know what, we're going to make your career. This is your one opportunity. You have to work with me. I'm going to get you somewhere. And uh, also artists falling into the trap of trying to find those people to um, a certain degree that's not actually going to be helpful for them. So this is kind of a reminder episode to artists and kind of a warning episode in a sense. And uh, it also applies to producers and engineers and everybody else, all the technical staff of hiring other people for their productions, hiring different engineers, different producers, different mixers, whatever it is, just being aware of it. Now, I'm going to say right off the top as a disclaimer, this is not everybody. This is not every person that's out there. This is not a blanket statement that I'm applying to everybody. I've worked with tons of different people. I've been in many of the situations that I'm going to talk about. I've seen it happen in front of me. Uh, but I've also worked with tons of great people who are at the top of the industry, big names that have all of the clout that you could ever want and actually use it for good. But there are a lot of people nowadays that, that it waters it down that do use it for, for lack of a better term, evil in a sense that don't use their power for good. And that's what I want to kind of warn against. And it's not saying that everybody's going to be that way, but I see a lot of artists that don't realize that that's the way that it works sometimes that they think certain things that they're kind of, they think the way that the old industry used to be. It's kind of the same idea as artists thinking you have to, to make a good record, you have to go to a big studio. That's what a lot of newer artists coming up think. There is also the, you have to record on tape. That's, that's the way to make a good record. If you can record on tape, you need to do that. And I'm not saying that tape is bad. I'm not saying that you're not going to make a great record on tape, but I want to help uh, kind of break that mold a little bit and say that this is not the only way to do it. Nowadays, there's so many more opportunities and that's what basically this whole podcast is about. There are so many more opportunities, but I'll, uh, still here, I still see a lot of artists, small artists, especially, and medium sized artists and artists that are really trying to make this a career. I see them really uh, struggling to break out of that mindset and to really actually step back and look at what they're doing with their, with their career, with their time, with their money, where they're putting their money. And that's when it really comes into to play here. So what I'm talking about today is not paying for somebody's ego. And what do I mean by that is not to pay for somebody and not to hire somebody on their name alone. You need to find people that are, that are interested in your project. You need to find people that are actually interested in you, that are invested in you, that want this, not people that have big names just to get the name attached to your project. In today's uh, music industry, I honestly feel, and this is, you know, uh, some people will think differently. I could completely understand, but I, the way that I've seen it many times is for small artists breaking in, it's not all about the names attached to the project. Yes, it helps. Sure. If you have a big mixer on it or a big producer or something that that's on the project, it can help. I'm not saying it can't. They have connections. Having a big name involved in your project is good. However, 
when they're in it for the wrong reasons and they're not actually in it to help you succeed, they're in it for the paycheck, which might not even be good <laughs> for them, uh, but it's money and whatever. They're like, yeah, great. You paid for a week of my golfing or something, you know, something like that. Then, you know, that's when it's not good because you're so, you're shortchanging yourself, frankly. And a lot of artists lose sight of that. They think I have the big name. This is going to be my big break. But if you don't have the songs, if you don't have the time to actually make them sound good, if you don't have that, the money to put behind going to the studio that you feel comfortable in and that you can work in and that you can create your best, you're not going to create something that's authentically you. You're not going to create something that's good, but you're going to have a name attached to it. And the name, if they're not even like, if they don't even care, they're not going to promote it. They're not going to try and help you with their connections because they don't care. They're in it for the paycheck. And I see that time and time again, where artists really do that. They try and really hard get somebody and go, look, we have $10,000 saved up. Can you, can you make us a record? And the, and the big producers like, man, 10 grand doesn't even cover the food cost for a record for half the stuff that I make, but sure. Why not? We have an extra free day. Pay me that. We'll get in the studio for a day while I'm in the midst of this other big record. And we'll, you know, crank out a couple songs. The problem is, is that they don't care that they are not invested. They don't actually care about your songs. They do the whole dog and pony show, um, to get you in. Cause they're like, yeah, great. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll pay my staff with this money and that kind of thing, but they aren't actually involved. And you can really, you know, this is what I want to warn against because this can really hurt you. And I've, I've done a, um, a, a podcast in the past about being comfortable in a studio. When you're in a studio, you have to be comfortable. And I really believe that, that if you have $10,000 to put towards the studio cost and you can get a really big studio for, uh, you know, a week, or you could get a, your buddy's basement studio or, well, okay, maybe a bit, bit better than that, but like the next rung down, a medium level studio that you're comfortable in and you can get that for a month and you can go in there and create and you can go in there and work for that time, then that's better because you can create, you can feel more authentically yourself. You can create more authentically yourself and you can be more at home in that place for a longer period of time to be able to create if you need a month, uh, instead of trying to cram uh, your recording down into a week or, you know, a lot of people don't even have $10,000 for the studio cost, let's say. So they're, they're, you know, their life savings for their, for their song or their record is $5,000. Well, yeah, you could get a big studio for five days for that, but you also have to pay this, the, you know, the engineers and, and the producer and the mixer and all the, the, the mastering, all that kind of stuff. So now you're looking at one to two days in the studio, plus all the staffing, plus everything else. Well, okay. But you could also take that $5,000 and you could go to your, you know, this other mid-level studio that maybe doesn't have Neves, maybe doesn't have, you know, the nicest microphones in the world, but they have lots of options. They have some toys you can play with. They have a nice environment and they're willing to work with you for a week. That's a better use of your money and your time because you can create more yourself and you can feel comfortable doing it. This applies exactly the same way. And this is an extension of that to the staff that you're working with, that the people that you're working with and too many times people try and get the big names, but then when they're in the studio with the big names, the big name is just throwing out the people they've worked with. The fact that they've got Junos, that they've got Grammys, that they've got whatever platinum records, all that kind of stuff. And you feel intimidated as a small artist. You're like, I'm way in over my head in a sense. And yes, it's cool. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. You're working with a producer who's produced your favorite bands or your favorite artists who's written all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. That's cool. But 
you feel intimidated. You don't feel like you can speak up with your ideas and they don't, they're not, they feel like they're not getting paid enough to listen to your ideas. They just go, yeah, this is what you're going to do. Go do it. And that's not a good working environment. That's not a good creative environment. So it, you know, I don't want artists to fall into that trap and really put all of their money on the line for somebody who doesn't actually care. So as a small artist, what should you actually be looking out for? Not somebody's ego, not somebody's name. Yes, if you have somebody that has a name and is interested in you and actually is hungry for your project, that's what you want. You want people who are hungry for your project. You want people who want to put the time in, who want to go that extra step, who want to work with you on it, who want to hear your ideas and help you shape your own career as well. You want somebody that's hungry. Yes, there are big names that are still very down to earth and still want to work with small artists. I've worked with tons of them. And I'm not going to name any names in this podcast because I don't want to try and you know, I, I just don't want to enter that space, but I have worked with tons of these guys who have massive names for themselves, but still love to work with smaller artists. And when they find an artist that they truly like, that's when they work with them. That's when they go, they might not get paid as much. They could be making tons of money with big projects and they have the odd big project that comes through, but they spend time with small artists because they like the development of the small artists. They love working with them. They love going to smaller studios if they need to. They love working with the budget to try and get the most out of it. Uh, when you have a, a producer who is just hell bent on going to a specific big studio because they're comfortable there. And that's the only way that starts to be to me, a red flag that they're not, uh, adaptable to you and what you need to create your best and what you can do with the budget that you have when they're so locked in that way and going, yeah, I know that, you know, your whole budget's going to be spent on one day in the studio, but we could change studios and we could do a week, but they're not willing to change. <laughs> that's when you start to question, are you actually, do you actually care about this? Because if you were, if you cared about this, if you were hungry for this, if you were wanting to be involved, if you really believed in this, you'd want more time to really be able to hash out these ideas and really create and have fun and explore the ideas more. So it's a, it's a bit of a red flag in that way. You want somebody who's hungry, who wants to work with you on that. And I've seen tons of projects like that where the big artists just, they don't care. They really don't care. And the poor small artist is in there and they are in over their heads. Their whole, their whole budget is being blown on this one day and they don't even know how to, you know, approach the, they, they don't feel like they can talk to the producer. Often there's communication problems because the producer's just too big and they think they get, they're, they're too intimidated by this by going, oh my God, they've worked with my favorite artists. And that's not a good position to be in either. If that producer is very standoffish, if you don't feel that communication, communication is key. When you're creating, communication is so key, especially with your producer, especially with your engineers, especially with your mixers, especially with all those people around you creating, you need to be able to talk to them. You need to be able to express your opinions and your ideas because it is your art. At the end of the day, it's your art. It's your music. It's your career. And yes, they are going to have their opinions. Yes. They're going to have strong opinions. Yes. I'm not saying dismiss everything they say because they're there. They're there to help you, but you have to be able to feel like there is some kind of, uh, when they have an idea, they don't just go, well, that's because I said so they can explain to you why they think you should cut the chorus in half, why you should cut the pre-chorus out they're, They actually have a reason, not just because I needed to do something to earn my money in your eyes. That, not that, or that they don't even do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, because that's not going to end up making a better song because they don't, they're not caring. So you gotta be, you gotta be aware of that. 
and and the more communication and the better you feel before you go into the project, the better. Um, you know, you're never going to be able to fully tell. It's it's hard to tell sometimes, but this is all kind of warning signs uh, beforehand. So when you're trying to find somebody to work on this and when you're trying to find a producer that you think would be good for you, that would up your level, that would add some, some added street cred basically to your project and everything. You just want to look at what else they do, what they do more often. Uh, maybe talk to other artists in similar situations to you that have worked with them. Cause some producers don't work with a lot of artists like that. And if you offer them enough money, they'll be like, yeah, sure. Why not? But that doesn't mean that they're hungry for it. That doesn't mean they believe in the project. That means they're in it for the paycheck. So you don't want to, you know, do that either. But if you talk to other artists that are, that are similar to you that have worked with them and try and really look into what they've done, because if they like doing that, they'll be proud of it and they'll, they'll promote those artists. And you want to see that you want to see that they helped those other artists that are in similar situations to you, because that means that they'll do the same for you, hopefully. Um, and, and that they actually might believe in you. If you see no small artists, if you see their whole discography as massive artists, then you're like, okay, so they don't actually push me. If I'm a small artist, I have no, I'm, I can't rely on them to give me that push unless they came to you and they really believe in you. And obviously there's, there's different situations, but that's something to be aware of. Don't just uh, blindly hire them because they worked with your favorite band. Look at what they do for artists like you that are in similar situations to you. Because like I said, some of these producers really enjoy working with small artists and developing them. And then they also enjoy promoting them and trying to help them get to the next level, make those connections in the industry, make the connections with the record labels, the agents, the whatever else you're looking for. They're in it to help you, um, you know, Shark Tank, uh, which, or, or Dragon's Den, like those kind of shows, they are investing in the, the business because they feel like they have something to offer and you need a producer that feels like they have something to offer and that you feel is a good partner for your creative journey. And you need that. And if they don't seem to do that for anybody else, you should maybe just double check that they're not just doing it for the, for, you know, for the money. Um, because it's unfortunate that they do, but the, sometimes that happens and, uh, and it really sucks. So look around at the different artists, talk to different artists that have worked with them or people that know them. The music industry is very small. <laughs> it's very small <laughs> when you really start digging. So send some messages, just see what you can find out about them. Ask different managers, ask different people involved in different projects at all different levels as much as you can, especially when they're cl levels closer to you in the industry. If you're just getting started and you have nothing to your name, you find bands that are like that they did their first record or something like that to see what it was like, what they offered them, how much they charged them, how much they actually did for them after the fact, what it was like working with them in the studio, all that kind of thing. Learn from other people's mistakes. Frankly, I think that it should be transparent. You should be able to talk to people about their experiences with it. So you have to think that if they're working on massive records and that's all they seem to do, then your $5,000, $10,000 is going to be negligible to them. And that's not, it's barely worth them getting off the couch. It's barely worth them getting out of bed in the morning to work on your record. So you have to think about that as well. It might be a lot of money to you, but you have to think about it in context to them. Is it a lot of money to them or not? And 
are they actually, do they seem excited about the project because it's money or because they actually believe in your music? How much do they actually, how much do you feel they're actually going to give you? And, and try and step back, try and actually listen to your friends and the other people in your band and the people around you. When you're telling them about the situation, actually try and listen to them, step back and listen to them because some of them might be telling you, uh, yeah, that producer doesn't sound like he actually cares. And you go, no, 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 he does. He totally does. Because you feel like, you know, you feel that he does because you're wanting to believe that. And you have to be able to separate yourself from that to actually not get this because frankly, people in the music industry are very good at playing the part and making you believe. So you have to be able to step back from that and, and see what other people who aren't the people investing, who aren't the people, uh, just, you know, mind boggled that they worked with their favorite band that, that have that separation. You need to take into account what they have to say and their opinions and their thoughts, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but take it into consideration. If everybody around you saying that this is probably probably not a good idea. Maybe that's a good sign. You know, look at those other things. Don't just get fooled by their name and the credits that they have. If they have these massive credits and that their name is going to pull you into the, you know, the next level of the music industry. Is it going to help? Sometimes sure. But what I've found a lot more nowadays, and the thing that I find a lot of small artists are still, it's kind of the same thing of, as like I said, tape, you know, we have to record on tape. That's the only way to make an authentic record. Um, it's the same thing with producers. We have to get a guy with a name because all the big names work with the big name. Yes, but the big name had to get somewhere and the big name brought up a band because they were a nobody and that band believed in them and they got a great record and they came up to the top, right? You have to think about more of that kind of stuff. Big, big bands work with big names because that's the people they can afford. That is the names that they need. That's kind of the echelon of that. But if you're not there yet, um, just the name is not going to help you get there. Just solely having the name. If they give you a crappy production, if they don't do their job, just having their name on it is not going to help you pull that way. And I think a lot of people believe that it is, but fewer and fewer and fewer record labels or different things, uh, look at your previous record to what they did with you. So a record label is not looking at your record that you're trying to get signed with and going, Oh, it's this big name. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. We'll sign you. Um, that's not how it works. <laughs> they are going to then pay for you to work with big names if they sign you. But at that point, they're going to find somebody who believes in your project and it's the same kind of thing. It's a little bit easier at, at that point. And it just seems to work better. But if you're just like cold calling these massive producers and they don't care, they'll probably just take your money. There's a good, there's a chance. And, uh, you don't want to be left with that. Cause then you're going to have no money and a mediocre production cause they didn't care. So, <laughs> you know, what you should be looking for as a small artist. And, and, uh, this leads me into how to avoid this and what you should actually think about is you need somebody who's hungry to record, do your record and will do a good job. And you want to be, you want to have somebody that's willing to work with you, that wants to communicate with you. And you also want to have somebody who thinks they can bring something to your record. Somebody who thinks that, and that you think is actually going to provide something to your record, not just being a name, but actually a creative portion, a creative input to your record. They're going to actually contribute something more than just being the name. Um, because if you're paying them and they know that you're just doing it because they're the name, they're going to care even less. They, because they feel undervalued. They feel like, oh, you're just paying for my name. 
And so I'm going to just going to give you that. That's what you get. I'm not going to actually give you any of my creative, creative input. You're either not paying enough for that or you don't care. You just want my name. So fine, have it. And it's kind of a, it's a weird thing. And that's, again, that goes back to the ego. That's their ego. You don't want to be paying for that. You don't want to try and run against their ego because it just doesn't work. And a lot of producers, a lot of top producers have big egos. Um, and you got to be aware of that. Not all of them, obviously not all of them, but uh, there are quite a few who get to that point and just think that they're on top of the world and they can do whatever they want. Unfortunately, it's very unfortunate. It is changing. Uh, but especially back in the day, that is, you know, it has, it, it's true. It does happen. So the way that I see things and what you should do instead, when you, now you're probably thinking, okay, I wanted to hire somebody with a name or I was thinking about it or whatever. So what do I do then? How do I get to the next level? Who do, who am I supposed to hire? I don't want to hire my buddy, Johnny, who kind of records in his basement. I get that. And the thing that you should look at though, is one, let's start at the bottom. Let's start at Johnny. Your buddy, Johnny, who records in his basement, bought a Pro Tools rig and bought some microphones and whatever. Is he going to put all his all into this record? Is he going to do a good job? Can he provide at all? If the answer is no, and he's getting very started on his journey, and maybe you can include him in like the demo recording so he gets some experience, that kind of thing, that's fine. But the way that I see things, okay, let me put it this way. The way that I see things is there are three kind of tiers. There is the pro levels. They're the, they're the big names, the massive guys that work with the big bands. Uh, and that also some of them like working with smaller bands and helping develop. They, they get a big thrill out of developing a band. Um, often you need a pretty significant uh, budget to be able to get those guys, because if they're going to spend time and develop you, they need to have twenty, thirty thousand dollars to be able to, you know, get the studio, pay themselves, all this kind of stuff. Like audio is not cheap, <laughs> right? And and if they're used to working in studios, they they're going to want to work in some kind of studios, or they're going to have to pay their gear, or their their assistants, their engineers, all that kind of stuff. So at that level, it's going to cost you money. But there are the pro levels. There's the big names that work with the big big artists. There's the big names that work with small artists and develop artists and that kind of stuff. There's the other, the second tier is the low tier. So those are cousin Johnny's. Those are the people that are fresh out of engineering school. Those are the people who uh, are, are just getting their feet wet, who don't know a ton, who you probably feel like they're not going to be able to deliver that much um, because they're just too green. They're too new to this. They're, it's not worth, you know, I'm still going to have to pay for a good studio. I'm still going to have to pay for some kind of a studio, but they, I don't feel are going to be able to deliver within that time frame at a studio. That's when you, uh, you could look at them for demos. You could look at them for, you know, just helping you out to give them a leg up to, to allow them to get experience. But if they're trying to charge you, you know, $300 a day and you're like, yeah, but you just left audio school. You don't, deserve $300. You're not at that rate point yet. That doesn't make sense. Um, you know, be aware of that. But if it's somebody really fresh, then maybe they'll be happy just doing free work or very low paid work to help you out and you help them out. You're, they're along for the ride. Maybe when you actually get to a studio with somebody else, they can then learn something and come along and just kind of be a fly on the wall, that kind of stuff. So there's the low tier. So we got the pro tier at the top and then we have the, the newbie tier or the, or the beginners or, you know, the just getting your feet in the door tier. Then there's the third tier. And this is the tier that I find a, a lot of people 
there's some different people in this tier that I find people don't think about. There's the people that the, that you would think about most of the time, which are professionals, but they're not massive names. They do this for a living. They do this every day. They do a pretty good product and you could get along with them and, and, uh, they'll, they'll do a good job. And a lot of people, uh, look at that and think, okay, cool. They don't have a name. They, they maybe have connections, but they're kind of the mid tier of the music industry. That's fine. I can go with them. But if you're looking, if you're the kind of artist who's thinking, I need somebody with a name. I need somebody to help me get to the next level. I want to really get somewhere. That's when you look for the kind of the hidden part of the third tier, or you could even do the fourth tier. And that's the tier between the mid tier people and the, the pros. And that's where you find the people that are going to do the records anyway, if you hire the pros. And this is where you find the assistants and the, the protégés and the guys that work with the pros. So for years, I worked at a, a big studio and I worked with a ton of these big producers and I was their assistant. I was doing a lot of the, the, of additional engineering on records. That's how I grew into being the engineer for a lot of stuff, but I could do stuff on the side or I could do freelance work or you know, I could, you know, kind of get some bands in on good deals or that kind of thing because I was trying to make a name for myself. I have massive credits at that time. It's like, I have these credits that I'm an assistant on or an additional engineering on or part of the engineering or whatever it is. So it's, it's, I have names. So I'm, and I'm good. I'm worth more. I'm, I'm obviously up at that tier. Um, but I'm, I don't have the, the name that breaks me. I don't have that, that big name that got me to the pro level where now I am at that big, massive pro level and the step below that. And those are the people that you want to find. If you're trying to find people who, uh, who can get you to the next level, who can make an amazing record for you, but are also hungry and want to actually help you develop. That's where you got to look. And I think that's a very, a very overlooked group because it's also a very small group. There's not a lot of people that be, are able to work at studios and that get to learn from the pros, but then are also looking for their own projects to build up their own portfolio of stuff that they're producers and they're the main engineers on. Uh, you know, they get overshadowed almost because they're not the main guys for a lot of these projects. But what you got to think about is they're the guys that are learning everything that are doing most of the work. <laughs> um, there were tons of this, this, this happened a lot where, some of these big producers would have these jobs that they didn't really care about, that they got the money for, that it's just like, yep, you're, you're attaching my name to it to say whatever you want to say about it. Fine. The people that would do the work was us, the underlings, the protégés, the assistants who were like, yep, cool. We'll come in on Sunday and do it. Those, I was the person doing it. Now, put it this way, looking at it from another lens, you pay X producer $5,000 for a day in the studio to record this thing. And I have to do it. You could also come to me and I would do the same project for $5,000, but I would spend a week on it with you. And I would really hone in on everything. And I would use all the things that I've been learning from working with everybody else because I'm good. I know what I'm doing. 
obviously they, I work with them. They like working with me that, you know, I'm proven, I've proven myself with the pros so you can trust that, but I'm hungry because I want to make a name for myself. I want to have a band that I can say, look what I did on my own, you know? Um, and I'm sure you have this, you know, a lot of people can relate to that. If you really think about it, I'm sure you can relate to that as well. And you just, you have to find those people because if you want the next level, but you don't want to pay next level premiums for something that's probably going to be mediocre, Look for that, that hidden fourth tier, that hidden, just under the pro, all of their assistance, because you're going to get way more value for your money. You're going to get somebody that's hungry. You're going to get somebody that wants to work for you, but you're going to get somebody with knowledge that's able to work with you and take you to that next level. And this is what I see a lot of. Um, and, and I see a lot of artists that, that hire the big names and then they're like, why am I stuck with his assistant or this, you know, second engineer or something for all the projects. But then when it's done, they're like, okay, it sounds good. This guy is definitely good at what he does. <laughs> so, you know, I, I could have just gone with him. And often, often the assistant is, and the, the, somebody in that situation is also their hands are tied in a way because they still have to appease the big name guy who's saying we have to do it this way. And they're the strict name. They're the guy with the name. So they have to be strict and they have to, you know, they have to flex their ego and flex their dominance. So, you know, the, the assistant or the second engineer who's engineering your stuff now, who is your engineer, they can't do their full potential and they're also not getting paid probably enough and they just don't have the time because you've only booked a day at this studio because most of the money's going to the producer who doesn't care. <laughs> you know, you can kind of see where I'm going with this. You can kind of see what I'm saying. And so this is more of a reminder and a cautionary tale, I guess you could say. And I'm going to wrap it up here by saying that you know, if a name is way bigger than you, just proceed with caution. Look into what they're going to do for you and actually try and do your research. Try and ask other bands, ask around what they did for them. Try and look into, does this look like a money grab or do they actually look like they develop smaller bands like me? Do they actually look like they do that? If not, then, you know, proceed with caution. A name is not going to get you into the next level. A great record is going to get you into the next level. So to get a great record, go to somebody who's going to make you a great record, even if they're not the biggest name, even if they don't have a ton of stuff uh, in terms of the street cred to get you to that, that next level, they can get you to the next level sonically with your songs and their productions. And a good place to find that is the assistant engineers at these studios, is the the assistance of these people is the second engineers on all these records. Look for them. Look for those guys because they will dedicate so much more of their time for you and they will do a much better job because they're hungry for a project. If they believe in what you're doing and they don't have any option, they can't work on a million records a year because they're often working for the studio and whatever. So if they make time, if they're able to make time for you, then you know that they will believe in your project and you know that they'll put everything in it because they have more to lose. They don't have a whole bunch of things that if somebody's like, oh, but that project was not good. Um, that's, that's could make, make or break their career. Whereas a big name, they're like, yeah, but I've done, you know, how many Grammys? So that one project isn't, obviously it was not me. It was the band, right? These smaller producers and engineers and stuff, they don't have that. They can't do that. So they're going to invest so much more of their time and energy and effort into your record to make it as good as it can possibly be so that they can be proud of it as well. So in the end, you both get a better thing. You, you get a great record, you get more time, you get more attention directed to you and you have a great product, which that is going to then signal to people, you know, 
that that they should listen to your band, that they should actually take a chance on you, that they should sign you, that they should people should listen to you, whatever. Um, you know, you need a good thing to listen to. Somebody's going to open your record. They're going to hit play. And then while they're listening to it, they're going to read who did it and whatever. If they like what they're hearing, they're not going to care who did it anyway. But if they don't like what they're hearing, they're not, the name isn't going to change that. The name is not going to make them go, oh, this is amazing. That's not going to work. So just be cautious that you don't want to pay for ego. You don't want to pay for somebody's ego. You don't want to pay bigger than your britches. You don't want to have to pay for that because it's not going to be worth it. And it's not going to get you any further. It's just, that's not the way the music industry works anymore. I believe, I believe that there are better ways to do it, that there are better, smarter ways to spend your money and your time and your energy. And, you know, just to be cautious, this whole thing is to be cautious. Cause as I said, this is not the only way this is not every big name doesn't just takes advantage of small artists. There's tons of these big names that are working with development, uh, projects that love developing artists. And I, I'm not going to say any names, but some of these guys, they sign deals with artists that they believe in and they think they can do something for, and then they do a bunch of songs with them for no upfront cost. And that's kind of the thing. They, they obviously believe in it because they think that they can sell it, that they can get it out there enough that they're going to recoup their costs and then make more. So those are the people you want involved. Those are the people that you want to, that, that actually believe in your project. And you want to see that not just somebody that's doing it for purely the paycheck and doesn't care. And it's not going to make or break their career. And it's not going to make any difference whether the song is crap or not. <laughs> but that is it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe if you haven't already on your favorite podcast platforms or on YouTube. This is now on YouTube. So go check that out as well. Leave some comments on other podcasting platforms. You just, you don't, you can't do that. So go comment and uh, let me know what you think. You know, have you ever been burned? Do you know people who have been burned or that have people have that have had great success with popular names? You know, I think the people that do good work, they deserve to get a shout out and uh, they deserve to be able to do more of that if they enjoy it and they do good work, they get they should get more of that. So but that is it. I will see you in the next episode. Until then, always be creating. Oh, 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 oh